0: And welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Laferra, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 150th episode of the podcast, airing February 16th, 2023. Now, in this episode, I'm delighted to welcome back special guest Annalisa Six to join me on the program to chat all about Pisces season 2023. Now, Annalisa and I swim through the transits of this mutable water period as it flows us towards the significant planetary shifts that are in store for spring of 2023. Now, we both came into this program feeling a bit under the weather, so prepare for a little loopiness on our parts. Yet, we did find it oddly fitting for the last sign of the Zodiac, the one lovingly known for its consistently inconsistent nature. So tune in as we talk about the mutable lunations, Saturn's ingress into Pisces, and the epic Neptunian Sun-Mercury-Mars showdown that's set for the week of March 13th. It's time to let go, accept what is, dream a little, and see where you end up. Now to connect visually with the astrology as we step through the charts, you can tune into the video version of this episode on YouTube. And of course, if you'd like to support this program, you could come on over to energeticprinciples.com where you can book a personal consultation with me, or you can leave a tip in my tip jar. And you can also sign up for my monthly newsletter, The Heavenly Wind, which goes out at the beginning of each month. So you can do that on the front page of my website at energeticprinciples.com. All right. So who is ready to hear all about Pisces season 2023? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right, here
1: we are back on the Energetic Principles podcast. And I have a very special guest with me today who hasn't been on the program in a while, but is a dear friend of mine. We've got
2: Annalisa Six back with us again. Thanks for joining me. For having me. It's so exciting to be here after two and a half years, three years. It's been a while. (laughs) Um Sagittarius season
1: 2020 I think oh, right <laughs> Sounds like so long ago so long ago we uh we're getting <laughs> we're getting into the program here today in a very weird space both of us are in a strange space and we had strange connection issues to get on uh with our microphones and feedback and um and uh, you know what it it speaks for Pisces seasons,
2: <laughs> as I um just feel relieved that I'm not the only one feeling ungrounded in my body today. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I got I just so uh, for the so the listeners know I'm,
1: I'm a lot out of it today. I got uh, this crazy sore throat for the last three days and and i'm not you know i need to knock on wood when i say these things and it could be the scorpio rising in me but i never get sick <laughs> um so it's just a weird strange feeling and then annalisa's got you said you were suffering from vertigo the 30th It's
2: the 8th the 9th today's the 9th today's the 9th yeah, yeah we're so recording <laughs> vertigo spell yet today. And I I feel like it kind of stopped yesterday. So I'm, I'm in the clear, but I'm still kind of dizzy. So I don't feel confident that I'm in the clear because what happened like every day that I had vertigo over the last week was I kept thinking I was in the clear and going about my business. And then I would like have this huge spell and just same thing kept feeling like I was getting better and on not yesterday, the day before yesterday, whatever day that was Tuesday. um, It was so bad that I had to ask my husband to come home from work and stay home with me because I didn't think that I could do anything the rest of the day. Like I just had to stay in bed. And that's why we went to urgent care yesterday because I was like, this won't go away, what's happening. So I'm still kind of nervous. I'm like, okay, I haven't had a spell since that day, but you know... It, vertigo
1: is so strange. It comes on when you least expect it. It's very Neptunian. Let's just say <laughs> say that. Very. <Okay. laughs> very Pisces. Very Pisces. So we so we're talking about our our we're we're uh sharing our uh <laughs> our, our different ailments. And then we're trying to get on and we're just having audio issues, and it was feeding back. And we changed some devices and we got where we are here today. Um but it's funny, we just kind of were both like, you know what? It is what it is. And I thought that was a perfect start to Pisces season, to be honest. It is what it is. You know, when you're rolling with things in life, like what, what you're handed, there's sort of this, uh, you know, just kind of like ad- adapting, uh, letting go, you know, kind of accepting what, um, what, what you can
2: do, what you can't, you know, <laughs> like card in the tarot what card the hanged one the hanged one because pisces it's a very like i mean you had me on the show this other than just enjoying my presence i hope but the fact (laughs) a pisces moon i know you like to have people that embody the seasons. And so I will say that, um, I do feel like the hanged one is a good archetype for those of us that have Pisces as our, some of our dominant placements. Cause like you said, like there's kind of this need to surrender, like you have to surrender with the flow of what's happening. And, you know, I feel like vertigo is a really great example of how you feel Like, you feel like you're hanging upside down and everything is spinning and there's just nothing you can do. Like, I literally closed my eyes and was holding on to my bathroom sink and just going, please, God, please, God, stop. Please, God, (laughs) And walking to my bed and just like, you know, thinking, I really actually think of Saturn when that happens to me. I think of Saturn and the Earth and I try to imagine myself earthing and grounding and I try to imagine mundane reality because as a Pisces dominant person, I'm naturally disassociated. And it's hard for me sometimes once that gets triggered to find reality again. So that's something I've had to work on is like, thinking of a square and a flat surface and all of that stuff. But I totally felt like the hanged one this whole last week where I've just been like, Oh my God, (laughs) like I can't do anything. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's wild. Uh, You literally
1: have to just go along for the ride, the ride you didn't ask to be signed up for. (laughs) (laughs) The ticket you never bought, but somehow <laughs> managed yep. to find its way to you. So, I guess before we get started here, that we're going to talk about uh obviously, we kind of precursor this Pisces season 2023. Um, and Elisa, share a little bit about yourself with the listeners. Tell them who you are.
2: Yeah. If you haven't listened to me on here before, I was doing astrology and tarot readings professionally since 2017, I think. And um, moved out to Yucca Valley, Joshua Tree area, and actually started experiencing some chronic health issues. So I stopped working. I haven't worked um, in a while. We'll, I'll get more into that once it makes sense with some of the transits, cause that's gonna be anecdotal. But um, right now, I'm just blogging. I have a blog called Lady of Leisure, where it's a take on Lady of Leisure. The definition of a Lady of Leisure is a woman who no longer needs to work. And while I wish my circumstances were more glamorous than <laughs> what they are, I definitely am trying to lean into kind of the the parts that can be fun about your health you know, kind of taking over your life. So Lady of Leo'sure is just kind of a creative project for me and also a way to kind of keep myself, you know, doing some astrology stuff. Like I started doing monthly horoscopes on YouTube for The Sober Curator, which I've been writing for since 2020. I do astrology stuff for them and just kind of any kind of lifestyle stuff that I want to write. So I'm not doing anything professionally. I'm not offering readings in a professional capacity, but I'm definitely trying to keep my toes in the astrology pocket and the content bubble. Um, and then I also, um, am a dog trainer, a positive reinforcement dog trainer. So before my lady of Leo'sure activated, I was working with dogs, which is also another passion of mine. So that is me. <laughs> that is you. And
1: I love it because, um, you know, you're, you're mutable rising. You get that mutable moon and I sweat, you know, mutable energy has this ability to just be in all these different pockets at one time. So we have our planet watching dog, uh, <laughs> dog training <laughs> lady, leisure here. Leo, you gotta get the Leo, our Leo oh, son.
2: You didn't pick up on that one. <laughs> oh, wait, say that again. And for our listeners, I'm a Leo. If you didn't pick up on that one, that's yeah. the, the Leo's your spin.
1: <laughs> like, I love it. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. Well, it's good to have you back on the program. We're going to have to, I noticed with our, our, our particular timing, since we're on like different devices, if, if either one of us talks at the same time, it will cut <laughs> the other person off. So we'll, right. I'm going to give you ample space. Because you know what? This bars in Gemini loves to interject. I'll just get, I'm just interjecting all the time. <laughs> so I want to I want to make sure I hear what Annalisa's saying, because I always love talking to you. you. You have, you bring such good insights to, uh I mean, astrology, yes, but all things in life. Back at you. So, all right, well, let's get in there because we got a lot to talk about today with Pisces season, you know, well, I, I, I prefer it, especially it being my fifth house to like sit back and maybe just go with the flow. And I'm like, I don't know this year, <laughs> this year, there's a lot happening. There's a lot of, uh, precursor, uh, stuff kind of taking place. So Pisces season is going to start on Saturday, February 18th. Um, and of course it is, it's a, it's a welcome shift. I think a lot of people find it welcoming because it's Gets us out of the two back-to-back Saturn seasons with uh, Capricorn and Aquarius. So there is that uh, mutable water and that, um, you know, the switching of the focus to the traditional ruler of Jupiter, uh, who happens to be in Aries uh, as we speak here. And so that's an interesting uh, facet to Pisces season as well. Since I think last Pisces season, we had, uh, Jupiter in Pisces. So here we have this totally different, um, emphasis taking place. And so, Annalisa, when I say, when I say Pisces, what does Pisces
2: season mean to you? What, uh, what comes up? Yeah. So I I like that you asked that. I wrote Pisces season equals in my notes, wrote, wrote just a couple notes there. So it's the last bit of winter. So it's, you know, we see the new year, like often in the Gregorian sense as kind of being the new year. And I almost feel like in California, the weather kind of is a fake out a little bit in February. Like we kind of start to feel like the, like Aquarius season, a lot of times feels like a fake out, like the clouds start to part the weather starts to get better. We're kind of like, oh yeah, it feels like spring. And then Pisces season starts, which is that last bit of winter. And the weather kind of goes back into this doom and gloom and everybody gets super bummed out in March and everybody's like, wait, no, what happened? So I always think it's good to remind ourselves that Pisces season is the last, you know, month of winter. Essentially, it's our last little bit of um, gestation before the spring equinox before the bloom. So, um, you know, from an astrological perspective, the new year doesn't start obviously until Aries season. And so for me, Pisces season is very much about honoring that gestation period and the unknown. I mean, I think a lot of people experience a lot of seasonal depression over these like January to March months for that reason. There's so much weird, shifts weather-wise and energetically and then obviously every astrologer at the beginning of this year was like no no new year new you yet like we're not there until february because of how the transits were so yeah i think it's it's Definitely a time where I've learned to slow down and honor that we're not quite there yet. And this is still a really good time to sit with yourself and kind of work on the deeper parts of like that new year, new you always has to start within, right? It has to start with inner reflection and kind of this time of really Not just thinking about, but feeling into, you know, that's the Piscean part, feeling into the subconscious parts of why we do the things that we do. And I think it's a great time to kind of harness that part of your cycle rather than always thinking that everything's happening externally at all times, which obviously Jupiter and Aries and even some of the other transits that we have that come on through Pisces season, it's always a balance. It's not like, oh, it's Pisces season. So we're just going to cocoon the whole time. But I think that that's a big part of it, right? We have to get deep sometimes to understand why the what actions to take essentially. So, um, yeah, I think people too, that lack a lot of water in their charts tend to really despise Pisces season, because if you like to shut out the emotional realm or you don't like being sensitive, which is a term I'm learning to move away from, um, which we could talk about, I guess, at some point, but, uh, I'm learning that sensitive is can be a derogatory term and that we're kind of um, needing as a culture to maybe find better ways of describing emotional intelligence. And I think Pisces season is a really good time to get in touch with emotional intelligence. Mm. I, you know, I
1: love that because it is... It is very much a like a spiritualized feeling sort of energy and why Pisces season is so it's so funny because I feel like Pisces season gets this facade every year, especially last year when we had all the you know Jupiter and Pisces, and we were getting ready for that the the Neptune conjunction, and there was just like all oh, this this Pisces idealism and this sea of like it's like every year we kind of get in this in this um. Like rose colored glasses that oh Pisces season's coming. I'm good, you know, I'm loving. It. And then we get to the end of it and we're like, oh man. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> what what was that? You know, a lot of people are like, What was that? Um, but it is, it's like this, you know, it's the last sign of the zodiac. It prepares us for the spring. Um, you know, and of course that's different if you're living in the southern hemisphere, but it's like, you know, this the spring of our <laughs> of our souls, I guess. Um, and a lot of time we do our you know, I think of I almost think of like Pisces as like spring cleaning before the spring. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's like a more of an emotional place and more of a spiritual, and you know, what's um and, and feelings can't necessarily be ignored, right? You know, Jupiter energy coming in, it's like they're going to be, um, you know, the but the purpose of it is, is to move us forward, right? you know like it's it's evolution uh it's soul growth um and the only way through it is through it you know yeah. so to speak so that's what i think of yes now that being said, this <laughs> this particular Pisces season has a doozy of a week, uh, the third week, and of course we're going to get into that. But I'm just going to give a little precursor of it because, I mean, there's a couple things, right? It's we have Saturn ingressing into Pisces, which is big news, huge news, uh, on a full moon in Virgo. None, <laughs> nonetheless, it's like it makes a grand entrance. It's like, hello, I'm here. But not too long after that, we have a major, uh, the week of March 13th, we have some like major Neptune, Mars, Sun, Mercury action that's all tied into, you know, sort of what we might have been experiencing when Mars was going retrograde around late October, basically mid October through mid November, um, because part of the Mars retrograde cycle with Mars being in Gemini had to do with the square to Neptune. And so we're coming up. we're rounding the bend on a Mars getting to the end of Gemini. Not this season, folks. You gotta hang in there. It's not quite there yet. But it is going to make a square to Neptune, the third square, at the same time that we have a Sun-Neptune conjunction and then the sun, Mercury, Kazemi, basically on Neptune that week. So we're gonna get more of this flavor. Um, even me just bringing that combo up. And do you have any like thoughts that come to mind for that that wild
2: Neptunian week? I'm careful for my vertigo. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, is my vertigo a precursor to a bigger vertigo week? I don't know. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't fear transits always, but I think it depends on, I guess it always depends on us, right? It depends on what we're trying to initiate or do during that time. And the thing that's nice about being an astrologer is that we can look ahead and go, oh, not right now. That's not a good time. Or we can look and say, oh, that's a really great time for that. So, um, I think that there's a lot of things I really like about Sun, Mercury, Kazimis. I think that they're really great for insights and intellectual pursuits or, you know, new ideas. And I think when Neptune and Pisces energy and Gemini energy is involved, um, there's so much possibility, like that's how it feels to me. There's opportunity, there's possibility, and we can get out of the idea that things have to make sense in order for us to like, here's kind of like a, a bigger thing that I kind of think of, like, you know, I know we're not really talking about Saturn and Pisces all the way yet, but like Saturn representing mundane, you know, structure, reality, or or practical, logical ways of getting to something. And I think the part that practical people tend to forget or not always acknowledge, is that oftentimes the way we got to something was with a dream or an outlandish idea. The whole world that we know it as humanity came from a dream and an outlandish idea. And to me, that is very Pisces and more Gemini than probably a lot of the other signs, because Gemini does tend to think in a more analytical, broad way, you know, and then Pisces tends to be very, um, it doesn't have to make sense, you know, but Gemini, Gemini can do the mathematical part to make it make sense, you know, well, how do we make it make sense? And so I think that this energy for those of us, which I'm not saying is me, but can be sometimes because I have Mercury and Virgo and I do have some Capricorn placements. We can get stuck in linear perspectives like, oh, this shouldn't work because of X or, oh, I could never achieve that because I don't have the means or I don't come from money or, you know, it just, you know, it's not practical right now. And I think when we have transits that kind of pull the rug out a little bit or, or explode that thinking for people that are holding so desperately onto things that make sense, it's very threatening because it should make sense but for those of us that like to dream and like for it to be a little chaotic or not make sense or we want to prove that if we have a dream we can find a way to make it happen i think that this energy is really constructive for the vision the visionary and the dreamer yeah it's
1: um it definitely does emphasize the dream and i think like that is that's a big part of the whole Mars retrograde, I feel like, is that our life kind of got switched around. We we're asking ourselves what we're doing, like what, you know, to get to this point. And it feels like this is like the actual turning of the corner, which tends to happen with squares, right? You know, it does give us a crossroads sort of feeling to it. Um, but there, it feels like there's this qu- turning of the corner, uh, especially when it comes to d- dreams and visions and, um, I love the idea of the, the outlandish idea, you know, the thing that, how could this possibly be possible? Well, you know, you never know unless you try, you never know unless you, you know, strategize to kind of figure that out. And like the, at the end of the day, you can't take it all with you. And that's a big part too, you know, like there is, we have to remember that mutable energy is transition energy as is just Pisces in general. So there is, like, I feel like if there's, A time to sort of let go, even let go of a dream or let go of an old motivation or having too many things on your plate, um, and being more in touch with what your, you know, your, your spirit or your soul needs in, instead of trying to juggle, you know, all the things, um, that might be, you know, there might be a coming of the, of, you know, to terms with that, that particular week, but also, you know, there's the element that, You know, sometimes the world does that for us, you know, and, you know, when people get laid off, they weren't intending that to happen, but then, you know, but now maybe I can follow my dream or, uh, you know what? I never liked that job anyway. So, you know, kind of thing. And it, um kind of sends you into this, you know, kind of spiritualized soul searching or even like maybe not even so much searching, but just like an aha moment with, you know, like what you actually need. And sometimes that does come through um loss, whether you choose it uh or it happens to you, sort of thing. So these are all potentialities on on the plate here. And of course we kind of like look into that a bit further. But what about Saturn and Pisces? Any uh any, any thoughts come up um for that?
2: that shift yeah i took some notes which i can't look at on my computer without being afraid it's going to conflict with our sound but um i really enjoyed i will say not to like i feel like this is a faux pas in promoting another podcast on a podcast but i did watch the astrology um chris brennan's podcast what is it called the astro- the astrology, astrology podcast, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> i don't I got through the whole thing. It was like the four hour, like 2023 thing, but they had some really fun Saturn and Pisces stuff on there that was just, I just have to say it was so enjoyable the way that they broke all of that down. But I decided to go down my own little rabbit hole. There's a couple things I found really interesting just with researching, um, the first year of Saturn and Pisces. So the first year that Saturn was in Pisces last time was 1994. And there was just some interesting things. They were saying that trend-wise, crop tops, animal print, uh, monochromatic styles were really in. Um, they were saying that it was really important that your shirt matched your pants. So I'm, from a fashion perspective, very curious because I know a lot of 90s styles are kind of coming. They've been coming back for like 10 years. But, you know, I'm curious about kind of some of that stuff. Um I think it's interesting. Pamela Anderson is already coming back into the ether because 1994 was kind of a year that she was really popular too. So that was also kind of interesting. Um, there was a lot of um, people around the world that were trying to break the Guinness book world record or some kind of record for the largest dessert. So there was like a few different desserts that were made that were considered to be the the biggest on record for that time period. Um, NAFTA was put into effect when Saturn was in Pisces. So that was kind of interesting. Nelson Mandela was voted as South Africa's president when Saturn was in Pisces. Kurt Cobain, who had Saturn in Pisces and was also a Pisces, took his own life when Saturn was in Pisces, which I think is a good segue into some of the things that Saturn and Pisces can kind of do for people with substance abuse issues. Um, speaking as someone in recovery, um, Saturn and Pisces tends to be a signature where those consequences of those choices, like alcoholism or drug abuse, the consequences of those tend to be a little bit more likely when saturn is passing through a sign like sagittarius or is um Mm. oh
1: we we lost her we'll just
2: pause for a second come back that was fun that's (laughs) having my phone on here my aunt called me she never called we always have scheduled phone dates she never calls so i apologize about that but um it might (laughs) happen again uh, but yeah, Saturn and Pisces, I think, is a time for a lot of people going through recovery or who are not in recovery. Oh man!
1: Oh, you might have to put on "Do Not Disturb" so that it doesn't go to the. Uh... <laughs>
2: Let's try that. That's funny. It's funny. Here with our Zoom. It's in th- okay, it's in theme. We're we're in it's... theme with all the. <laughs> I've actually done a zoom recording on a podcast on my phone before. So I feel like an old lady, um, (laughs) not, not knowing the, the phone etiquette on the recording. Um, but yeah, so I guess maybe I should stop talking there and see what you have to say, but that's kind of like a big theme too. There's also in the media, a lot of, This was another thing that was interesting, actually, before I handed over R. Kelly and Michael Jackson were very in the media in 1994. So if that's something with Saturn in Pisces, I just thought that was kind of interesting. So I guess my point in bringing that stuff up is like the themes, you know, kind of who's in pop culture back then. A lot of times when these cycles come back through, we'll see a resurgence of these people. Um, We'll kind of see them in media again, or they'll kind of have little waves of popularity again. So like Saturn in Aquarius, Elvis had Saturn in Aquarius and his movie came out while Saturn was in Aquarius. And he also had North Node in Aquarius. Um, So I tend to kind of think it's fun to look back on the trends, what was happening politically, who was popular during that time, because we're, we're likely to maybe see documentaries or information about those people or those things, maybe some new candy, maybe some more like largest omelet of the world. You know, that was like one of the themes. I don't, I don't know. But then also, you know, people talking about their recovery, maybe more publicly, um, and depression issues. There's also a lot of domestic violence cases, um, that were public that year. And like the, um, Tanya Harding and that whole thing happened that year too, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. OJ's case happened when Saturn was in Pisces as well. So many interesting things. I just went down a whole rabbit hole for it's kind of like, wow, what's going to, I almost looked at a white Bronco too recently and was like, I, don't know if I could drive one of those because of the connotation, but you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. to see you in a white Bronco. <laughs> I would, I would drive a white Bronco, but that's like the first thing I think about, you know, I'm like, Oh, that's OJ's car. And then what the irony, if I had one during Saturn and Pisces, like that would be. I didn't think about that when I was looking at it. And then once I made that connection, I was like, I was just looking at a white Bronco. <laughs> well, as long as you're not getting chased by police down the five, <laughs>
1: I think you're good. I put like
2: forget on my back by getting one. So maybe not. <laughs> I'll have to paint <laughs> it. <laughs> well, you bring, it's interesting because I mean, you bringing
1: up, um, you brought up a couple good points there with just thinking about like Kurt Cobain, um, and, uh, you know, the, because I mean, Saturn and Pisces, there is, there can be like this depressive element that comes in, especially if you do have Pisces placements or Virgo placements or any mutable placements, um, so to speak. But I mean, he was definitely a Piscean character there, but, um, there, there is this quality that can come in with, you know, depression and, and substance abuse and, um, but also wanting to get a grip on that too, right? You know, because I think that's that's another thing with uh Saturn and Pisces. It, it seems like in the past there's all these kind of public programs that are put into place for people that um have challenges in life, such as substance abuse or poverty uh related um uh you know situations or with the, you know, just inequalities in general are people that are considered, um you know, the marginalized people um for whatever reason, you know, so there is that sort of structure that start or that starts to come in around how do we help these people or what do we do about these situations, especially when we think about like unsheltered people and that being a big um focus especially here in southern california you know this is a, the that is a big big issue um and so all these things are going to start to come in but of course you know, I guess I'll save a little precursor, a little spoiler alert. I'll be talking about Saturn and Pisces with uh, Samuel Reynolds here in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. I think that's going to be a great episode. Um, but Pisces season gives us the first taste, right? We get the ingress and the ingress is, is big because it's not going to go back into Aquarius. It's it's done its time there. So, you know, starting March 7th, we got Saturn and Pisces for, a, you know, what I think finally leaves in 2025 as like the full-on get it out of here you
2: know <laughs> um but what's that all right so we've got some good time with it you do it's very <laughs> fitting for Saturn right
1: like, yes. is, let me give you some time to sit with me in this, in this place that you wouldn't normally think I'd be in, you know, you think about the idea of like form and structure and discipline and effort and, you know, coming into this very, you know, boundless uh, sort of, you know, watery place. But, you know, if there's one thing I'll say, you know, water and in that kind of earth element, like it has a very creative vibe uh, to it, like a form-based creativity. So... That that seems very promising, um, I think.
2: Yeah, I'm excited about that. The technology stuff that was going on when Saturn was in Pisces was really interesting too. So I'll wait since you're doing a whole podcast on that. I won't bring any of that stuff up, but it's pretty ex- like, cool to see how much came out during this time from that You know, perspective. That's kind of what they were talking about on the astrology podcast too, the creative aspects of... Saturn and Pisces. And that's kind of that thing, again, where it's like when we have this energy accessible to us, it's up to us to channel it, right? Like we could, I almost feel like when you don't channel an energy and you become kind of like a watcher of it, you either are enjoying the show or maybe you're feeling the oppression or the, you know, I think that's where the depression or the, the escapism part of, you know, Pisces can come in if we're not, in an active state with it, like an active healing integration mode with it. But yeah, Saturn and Pisces is such an opportunity for anyone that's creative to tune into that energy and get super inspired. But I do think there's a little bit of a tortured artist element with Saturn and Pisces. I don't think it's smooth sailing as like a signature from most things that I've, I guess, absorbed about it. You know, it's not like... You have this Venus or Jupiter Jupiter kind of energy that's making it an easy road. It's very much like an intentional, I'm doing this kind of energy that you almost feel like a slave to the art a little bit, maybe. Or like it's running you. with Sat- Like Saturn kind of has that flair to me. Like it's running you, you know. Um, I watched that documentary that, that's making me think of, um, Fire of Love did you watch that yet about the vol? Okay. It's this documentary that is up for an Academy nomination and it's about these two volcanologists, I think is what they're called. They basically study volcanoes and the, the way they talk about their love for volcanoes is just unlike any, like it's just such an interesting thing, you know, to be like so enamored and obsessed with one thing like volcano that you dedicate your entire life to that one thing that always, I don't understand people that have the ability to do that. Cause I'm interested in so many things as a Piscean and Sagittarian mutable person. But I really like, I really enjoy watching people that are that dedicated. And I almost feel like even though Pisces isn't so much that way, Saturn can be very much that way. And I think it's a great time if you have this, like, desire or passion to really create something great that that combination, you can really dedicate yourself, you know, to it during that transit.
1: Yeah, because it makes me think of... um... You know, and this is just by Pisces South Node speaking right right here. This is straight from the Pisces South Node mouth <laughs> <laughs> is there's this quality sometimes of, um you know, get, giving up with Pisces that can, that can happen. But Saturn, like, I like what you're saying, like, you know, with Saturn, Saturn, like, you know, kind of flow, flows with you. Like it's there, like there's no, you know, it, <sighs> it's almost like you have to rise to meet the Saturn (laughs) with it. And you can't kind of give, give up on it. And maybe you, you know, with any mutable energy, it's going to go through twists and turns. It's going to be a sidewinder. It might step away for a second only to walk back how much later, you know, it does have that quality. Um, but it feels to me like there is this, and that's kind of the idea of the tortured artist, And I don't, I don't, want to say, it, you know, tortured artists and musicians. I don't want to like peg us all this way, but there's sort of, it's, you know, a lot of people do have that sort of archetype within them. Um, and it is tortured because it's persistent. Like the idea of um, like, even like being involved in music. Like if I, I've got, I go through periods in my life where, especially I've had one rather recently, where it's like, I put it down. And I don't want to touch it. It has disappointed me in many ways, you know. But the thing is, is that it's persistent. It's yeah. still there. It won't go away, you know? And if that's not sad, I don't know what is. But that is part of the torture, I think, is because it is so embedded and so rooted um, that you have no choice but to do it or engage with it, or you know, even if it's hard or it's challenging or it disappoints you at times
2: (laughs) yep yep no I think that's going to be a big theme for a lot of people this next couple of years yeah you know who was born the last Saturn in Pisces was Harry Styles and Justin Bieber Mm.
1: well let's see what uh they're having Saturn return yeah, all these Saturn return babies are going to be coming out. All you Saturn and Pisces folks out there, or you know the those of you uh, born in the what late uh, '60s. I think, I'm don't know if I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, the that mid seems- mid '60s, mid late '60s. Everybody, you know, all those. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if we see those people out in the in the media more um, and. You know, especially with the younger folks kind of going through those Saturn return moments, uh, which is our always big defining development of developmental processes. But I would be I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, the second Saturn return folks coming back with a whole new endeavor or a whole new foundation or creative, um, you know. uh, Yeah, just. something new for them where they're not reinvented per se, but, uh, you know, they get maybe a second wind. (laughs) Totally. So, all right. Well, other than those big things, just a heads up that we still have all planets in direct motion uh, during Pisces season. So that's a big thing. You know, life is moving on. We are going. uh, We got Venus in, uh, I think Venus... Venus goes through three, not three signs total, but she she wraps up her Pisces transit. She goes all the way through Aries and then she dips into Taurus before we finish uh, Pisces season. So she's on the move. And then we also have Mars on its way to finish up the Gemini transit. But like I said before, it's not, it won't be till the end of March that it finally leaves, but just count count the days. <laughs> you know, I feel like we have like this person in jail that's just been like marking <laughs> off us. Mars and Gemini day for the last six, seven months. I'm like, oh, there's only 30 something days. But no, but yes, it is is moving along, but it is not going to move along until we get kind of a big hurrah with all this action that we will be talking about here. So let me go ahead and share my screen for those of you who are watching the video. um, Where, (laughs) I feel like, it's wild. I feel like my brain is on some like different wavelength right, right now with whatever this thing is that <laughs> that my body is fighting. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. I almost thought about postponing, but then there wasn't really a space to fit it past this point. So it, it, it like kind of felt appropriate to, to talk about Pisces season in this state. And then I get on and Annalisa's in the same spot with her vertigo. They're <laughs> like, let's do this. Let's yeah. go let's, through this weird, this our weird embodiment, disembodiment. Yeah. See where we end up. I don't even have the right date on. What's I know up? I was wondering if
2: this was February 1st. Are you trying yeah.
1: to get to the I don't know what I'm trying to get to here? All right, here we go. Sun and Pisces. <laughs> what am I doing? All right, February 18th. It'll be around mid-afternoon here in California. Um But, you know, like all the other past few months, we have the season starting right before a new moon takes place. So we kind of have this balsamic moment, you know, with the moon in um, Aquarius, conjunct Mercury there, and uh, Venus, who happens to be uh, making a sextile to Pluto right before we have our new moon in Pisces. So this is kind of the setup there. And I'm just going to jump right into the new moon because that basically is kind of the kickoff point because it literally happens the next day. So (laughs) we are in reflection mode when it starts. Um, But basically the next day on February 19th, which is a Sunday, or at least here, it'll be Monday. It's one of those... uh, it's one of those lunations that happens super late here on the Pacific coast. That means it's happening the next day for pretty much everywhere else in the world. Um, it's a good way to start off the Monday there, but let's, uh, let's dissect this new moon in Pisces. It's at one degree in 22 minutes. And, uh, we just had Venus who made that sextile to Pluto. Um, we have, the it's interesting because the last few new moons, uh, the Aquarius one and the uh, Capricorn one were all configured to Jupiter, and so this one isn't necessarily configured to Jupiter, but it's ruled by Jupiter. So Jupiter is still present here and getting ever closer to Chiron, um, as well. And then we have Mercury that is trining that Mars in Gemini, um. And Venus is like just about to move into Aries. She moves into Aries, like just immediately after the the new moon. So what's your, what's your first impression? I mean, and we got Saturn, we, you know, we can't discount this out of sign conjunction going on with Saturn too. Um, So Saturn's present. (laughs) Saturn is present here. Uh, So what do you, what do you think? What comes up for you when we see this Pisces new moon?
2: Yeah, I mean, in a simple way without looking at too much other stuff, I feel like new moons in Pisces, especially if it's at the beginning of Pisces season, is such a great time for um, working through subconscious healing, like somatic healing, those types of things. And I think that because of the trine between Mercury and Gemini, or Mars and Gemini, Mercury and Mars (laughs) trine, um, I feel like... That story for me, the Mercury-Mars story that kind of keeps saying things with kind of the, the newness of the new moon, plus the ending of a story with Venus at 29 and, and Pluto at 29, like, sure, all those factors. Um, I can't help but I keep kind of telling people, what were you doing when Mars station retrograde? Like, what was your plan when that was happening. And then what was the story during the Mercury retrograde? Because I think that the, the Aquarius moon that we had where Uranus station direct kind of shortly after, and we also had the square to Uranus, I think was what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, remembering correctly. I was, I, that really, I know I wasn't the only one saying this, but that really felt like a breakthrough moment energetically, and i think that we're getting to this point here now where it's like okay the the plan or the board has been reshuffled already we're already not really seeing things the way that we thought we were going to back then so now that the board's been reshuffled and you have this breakthrough and this insight what are you going to do differently you know what are the intentions that you're setting now that's very intuitive for me, in terms of how it all feels. And of course, that's my own projection, too, of what's happening in my life, but also just through listening to other people. I feel like that seems to be pretty on board for how people are thinking right now post-Aquarius moon. And I think that there's so much of this like ready to move on energy and we have everything direct that I think it's such a good time to get kind of at the beginning of what we were talking about, the vision, what's the vision, what's the intention now with whatever, like what was that new information that was gathered during the retrograde cycle that you were reflecting on and how do we create a new vision and how do we set, not necessarily acting on the new vision, but how do we set intentions and look at the steps of the dream in order to put that vision into application. Cause I think the, like, once we get to the Virgo time of the full moon, we might feel more structure around it. But for this part of the season, we might be feeling more like we're ready to take all of that new information and put it into a vision. It's always hard for me talking so like Piscean with it because I'm always thinking of my linear friends where they're just like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> but I'm like, you know, that liminal space where you just think about things and feel into- like I'm such a... I'm a manifesting generator in human design. So to me, like, I guess the best way that I can describe the way I see this kind of energy is it doesn't... It's not about what you're doing every day in the mundane or on the physical level. Like, sure, that stuff matters. But like, if you're if your fantasy isn't correct, and if you're if you're still trying to have these boundaries on what it is you're trying to cultivate, what you end up manifesting gets really messy or it's not totally in line with what it is you want. And so I think that this is a good opportunity to get really clear on that. And that does happen in the physical and not a lot of people believe that it works that way. But those of us that live in the imaginal know that it does. So it's a great time to like dream journal and get in touch with the imaginal realm and imagine all of the things that you want to cultivate. And that's literally all you have to do. You just have to walk through it in that liminal space. You don't necessarily have to physically do it yet.
1: Mm, No, I I love that. And I love what you brought up about like putting all the, like what the dream is or what you're trying to do. And then putting these old, like forms of like rules or expectations or whatever onto it, which kind of like muddies the whole intention of what it, you know, what it could actually be. And I think that, I mean, that might be my own takeaway from that particular thing, but I think that's a big part of it when we are moving towards this uh, fully new creation, you know, right? Jupiter is in Aries. Uh, We're on this full new cycle around the Zodiac. And so there is more so than last year with our new moon in Pisces, um, with, you know, Jupiter in Pisces and still having all these things to wrap up and like dream in a different way or, you know, how we actually like the whole, the term transcend or like move on from something. So we could even get to the point to where we feel ready to start something new, you know, you know? like they like, I kept calling it like emotional baggage that needs to be cleared out first. Yeah. Um. But now we, it feels like that the baggage is kind of clear and we're actually at the imagineering stage. And the whole time you were talking, the, whole, the thing that I kept seeing in my head were these little baby sea turtles that are huh? on the sand trying to make it to the water. You know, uh, and it's like that that's a hard you know, they're vulnerable. <laughs> they're just starting out. They're, you know, it's a big, it's a big sea. They they kind of know what to do when they get get to it and they're able to just kind of float along and get their bearings with it. But almost like getting there to begin with, and that long stretch of sand. That, that's kind of what I was thinking about with like the Saturn being kind of close but out of sign. Um Yeah. I just feel like maybe we're, might be some baby sea turtles, uh, so to speak that if we can stretch and like take, get what it takes to kind of dive into this more liminal space and this space where there's not as much control, but at the same time, there's so much potential and possibility. Um, if you just kind of flow with it and open to it, you know, there's no telling what can be created on the other side of it. So I think you're absolutely right with the um the like taking the time to vision board and dream journal and pay attention to your dreams at this time, right? You know, Pisces season can definitely give us some some wild dreams. We're like, where did that come from? And it's because you're your subconscious is speaking. Um but there is this, there is a blessing to that that Mercury uh Mars trine, and then Jupiter is not too far off from that. Either So there is this nice just accessibility with strategy and the mind being in a place where we can kind of dream. Yeah, you know, Venus is she's still locked into a 29 degree Pisces dream and the moon and the sun there. But there is still this kind of order and this uh, this detachment that's coming with this air with the Mercury uh, and Mars piece that is very helpful. I think, um, with the strategy of the vision, I guess, is what I'm trying to say.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think it's too really common for these types of transits to feel, I love the baby sea turtle analogy, but I also, I think that part of the vulnerable part can be when we're vulnerable, we overthink, or we could feel Mm. anxious, feel ungrounded. And so, um, there's not a lot anchoring this new moon, um, that much. So I think that's also something for people listening to kind of think about is, you know, how do you dream and maintain your anchor, you know, how do you allow yourself to let go and flow but still stay anchored and um I always when I'm having a vertigo spell have to remember to find my anchor. <laughs> <laughs> so when you if you're overthinking or you're anxious or you're getting lost in the liminal some of us really enjoy living there but it can definitely get away from you so you know maybe you find your anchor first and then dream but that's something you know EFT tapping is something that like I was doing in somatic therapy because it helps bring you back to earth so that's also I think those modalities are always good to remember during these transits too like when you start getting too comfortable in the disassociated dream that you can tap your way back to the earthly realm and know we need that earthly realm too. You know, some of us reject it. Some of us cling on to it, but it doesn't have to be like a either or. But, you know, for some people, this is probably a really welcomed, inspirational energy. And for others, it could be this like, I'm crying and overthinking and anxious. And it just yeah. depends how you're harnessing it.
1: Yeah. And once again, we're in mutable territory. There are multiple options at play and you might be <laughs> feeling both, you know, like that's the thing is, is it kind of, it's uh there's a duality at place that always comes up with mutable energy. So it can be a little bit of both. Um, you know, one minute you're totally inspired and you see, you know, you got all the hope in the world and the next moment you're like, Oh, but it's not, you know, like, and then you see the other side and all of a sudden the the hope is gone, (laughs) you know, there's this, and you just have to play within that realm. But I love you bringing up the, um, just the, the anchor and the grounding and why it's really important during this cycle to probably lean on the earth moons, you know, when the moon is going through Taurus and, uh, the full moon in Virgo, and then the moon in Capricorn, um, that those seem to be sort of where not a hundred percent, but like, to me, that's where those anchor moments might live. Um, and kind of at least bring you back to practicalities, um, and what's needed in a very, um, you know, pragmatic way or how you can kind of ground and center, because if you can't bring the vision down to earth, you know, what good is it
2: <laughs> I love an earth moon too. As a Pisces moon, I I earth moons are one of my favorite transits in the month.
1: Yeah. And so and speaking as an earth moon, like I appreciate what it gives me, but sometimes I'm like, you need to you, you need to stop being so dense. You need to stop being so, <laughs> you know, like it's always down to earth, you know. And that's the thing. Is if you're if you're someone who is totally down to earth all the time and you're too anchored. Like this could be a transit that helps you to be like, oh, wait, you know, look at, you know, maybe I'll flow with this. Maybe I'll let go of some control. Maybe, maybe I don't have to control everything. And if I just flow with something and kind of flow with the inspiration or flow with the situation, I could, uh, float downstream and it's a lot easier. And I might end up in a place that I would have, uh, I didn't know that I'd prefer to be, uh, But would have never gotten there if I didn't, you know, kind of relinquish the great,
2: great advice for the Earth moons out there. So, so it's a, you know, it's a, it's a new moon. (laughs) It's
1: a new moon. It's a new moon that kicks off all mutable quarters. And so uh, what I notice is that when we have a new moon, a uh, mutable new moon, and then we have mutable quarters, life is shifting. Life is transitioning. We are moving on. We are finishing up. Um, we're saying goodbye and getting ready for hellos. Like that's just kind of the, that, that transitional point. So you can think about this, this whole time too, sort of being in that, this, just a caveat. We're not going to be speaking about it here today, but you know, Aries season provides us with two Aries new moons, a 0 degree Aries new moon and then a solar eclipse at 29 degrees. So think about this season as, you know, this is this is that big transition, that is that this is that big preparation, this is that big letting go, you know, like it's it's all encapsulating what is getting prepared for the, the you know, the sprout or the bloom or the beginning or the, you know, um so it's got that preparatory feeling to it too. Definitely. So that being said, let's uh let's move on. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna just sum up things within uh within our quarters. So that's how we're okay. gonna take things, right? So the first quarter moon is going to be on uh Monday February 27th. So in that time, we're going to have uh, Venus, who's going to ingress into Aries on the 20th on that Monday. We then have the defining factor of that week really seems to be that Mercury is squaring Uranus here and making that trine to Mars, which I guess we didn't really say, but that fits with our <laughs> going back. Um So that's going to happen on the 21st and 22nd. Uh, But of course, we're going to, you know, get activations for that a little bit later on in the week when the moon moves into Taurus on the 24th on Friday, right? When the moon is conjunct Uranus. And then we have our... Uh, first quarter moon that happens on that Monday. So we have a whole week that has Venus, you know, basically Venus getting situated in Aries. And then we have this Mercury square Uranus trine Mars, all while the sun also sextiles the node. So there's sort of support and development there. But I mean, Mercury, Mercury Uranus, Mars, that's, that's a way to kick off a, a, a lunar cycle, I'd have to say. <laughs>
2: Just stay off the internet for a few days because you're gonna get real offended and feel like you need to fight with your counterpart. <laughs> I, I always I there's like even though they're trying, like that was something that I was kind of like, oof, like people are really gonna feel like they need to get on a soapbox. And then when you add in the Uranus square. I just feel like it. it's even more that way. Like the activist is activated and it's like, you could even get into something with somebody that's on your same team about it. It's just like, everybody wants to champion for what they have to say.
1: Everybody's got to say, yeah, I feel like everybody does have something to say Um, and maybe, per, you know, with Uranus basically, and uh, we Taurus is known for being a little stubborn, maybe a little rigid there. And so we got this fixed square going on. So there's sort of this, um, like, uh, intensity of, um, you know, viewpoint, so to speak. And then it's added by this energized Mars here. Now, of course, they're going to kind of be breakthrough moments that come with this too, that energize us in some way to, uh, you know, take action or get our ideas uh, on paper or, um, just a restlessness, you know, that's the thing too, is like, there's a, it just seems like there's a restlessness to like, just get going, let's, let's get going already, you know, um, with that, that Uranian piece. Um, but they're also, you know, I feel like just the nature of Pisces season and it being a time of letting go, um, There could be like literally letting go. Like if you're going to get like, I could imagine someone getting a notice that at work that they're, you know, they're being let go and the company's making cuts, you know, kind of thing. Right. Um, and then your life is and not to say that everyone's out there is going to get fired by any means, but you know, kind of has that surprise communication factor, um, that can, you know, disrupt what is reality and what is fixed, uh, in that kind of tourist space or that finance space or the, that grounded space. Um, and then it either, you know, kind of, has, has you back to the drawing board or having to come up with different ideas or, um, yeah, just kind of has this disruptive quality that is also comes in to activate and lead to different strategies, so to speak, but it's all in service in my mind, this kind of, you know, sun North node piece, um, also. And so I feel like there's going to be a lot of, you know, kind of, Maybe it's a plot twist or kind of just changing, changing scenarios that happened this week. Uh, you know, the week of, I don't know what, what the week of the 20th, the
2: week of the 20th. And it's okay to change your mind. That's a good affirmation for this week. It's okay to hear somebody else's point of view and maybe learn something you didn't know before.
1: Amen to that. I mean, it's also <laughs> good. to It's also good to listen, right. You know, sometimes we miss something we can learn when we're not just open to, uh, to take it in or we're you know- def- defending our space or, you know, defending our like position. It's like, well, maybe if we see the other side. Yeah. Because yeah. it does seem because we gotta remember that the whole week is is rushing to the basically that first quarter moon. Um that is going to happen and kick off the next week. Oh, where did it go? Where did it, oh, let me see what happened. All right, fixing my <laughs> <laughs> mixing it up here. Yeah. All right. So on Monday, the 27th, right. Because the whole, you know, first quarter kickoff of the lunation cycle is a very active time, you know, and it's kicking off in Gemini and it's also kicking off where, um, to kind of speak back to your point about thinking about the Mars retrograde cycle. And Mm -hmm. I mean, where Mars retro was retrograde when you. When it went retrograde, but also what was going on when it went direct? You know, around January twelfth, because we have a first quarter moon that is exactly on that that station direct degree. So there is sort of an activation of that area of your chart, um, and that area of the sky, and it it's busy. You know, Gemini is as busy as a bee. We have just a lot of energy floating around, and so. I love when you said there's nothing wrong with changing your mind. And I mean changing your mind in relation to other people and like new information that comes in, sure, but just changing your mind on your own, you know, you know, going through your own process or getting get <laughs> getting in touch with your feelings in a sense and being like, you know what, it's it's okay to have a different opinion or to have a different strategy or to not want to do that anymore. And I'm feeling more called to this, right? Because you know, Gemini, the lovers, has that choice kind of component that comes in. Um think that might be it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be heady it's gonna be busy
2: yes (laughs) yes (laughs) so many thoughts about just the way mars gemini played out in my life so i feel like when i'm listening to you i'm just thinking about my own my own plans that didn't go the way that i was trying to get them to go which has been you know obviously the case for a lot of us since 2020 but i think that you know when mars stationed direct that was my last day at work not direct i'm sorry retrograde retrograde yeah no. last work the end of october so um I've had to. The whole Mars retrograde cycle was me accepting a completely new reality and changing. I can't tell you how many ideas or thoughts I've had in the past that I'm changing my mind on right now. So yeah, I'd, I'd be curious, like if people comment on this podcast, um, on the video or the um, the recording, just like letting us know if there's things that you track with this cycle where you, that resonates for you. Like I'd be curious to hear what other people have to say in terms of this cycle, what changed for them or what different ideas have come kind of out of the woodwork. Cause I think you're right. Like as this, um, first quarter happens, I think there is a little bit of a reflective nature to it in that way. I mean, I was writing that down in my notes for this and, um, I'm curious for you, like what have has anything like that happened for you? Have you noticed that things that you were kind of cycling through during this time is totally different? Oh, yeah. I I I feel
1: like I started out the whole retrograde, like with all these, you know, I had too many potentialities and too many interests, old interests, new interests. Um, and A, there's not enough time in the day. There's not enough energy, you know, there's not enough time in life to entertain all that Gemini thinks up, you know, (laughs) Um, and that's kind of like a reality here. And so I feel like this first quarter has this sort of like make up your mind moment or go choose this direction, because I feel like ever since Mars went direct and Uranus went direct, because I agree with you on the sort of like that kind of like, breakthrough and like people, like everybody I talk to too, they're kind of getting to these points in their life where maybe it's not all figured out, so to speak, but there, there is this sense of like knowing or release or liberation or just feeling it like kind of like an, a hands in the air like, okay, after all that, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm feeling like <laughs> finally I'm all at the other side of this sort of thing. Um, and I feel like in the last handful of weeks, as all these planets went direct, like I'm getting more and more in tune with what, you know, ideas or concepts or just are even like actions, you know, we're talking about Mars being in Gemini here don't work for me anymore or I don't want to do them or you know what, I, I thought that I had that idea but that idea is not mixing with this one and I only had this much time and space. So it's like, there's sort of this weeding process that's going on and I'm much more clear on the ideas that I, you know what, they they I was kind of curious about them but no, I'm not anymore. Just, I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense but- oh, it's- <laughs>
2: No, I mean, I think I always think of Gemini energy as curiosity, for sure. I think that's why the Piscean Gemini combo um, makes me feel so much of that. Let's fuck around and find out, you know, kind of feeling. Um, Pardon my cussing. (laughs) I don't know if anybody. (laughs) I know some people are really offended or see that as super unprofessional. And I'm so not that person. But I apologize if anybody else is, um, but yeah, it, that's the f round and find out was basically what I felt like was the Mars retrograde cycle. Was like this isn't really the time to, like, make a clear decision or path for yourself. But it's a great time to f round and find out. And um, I feel like that worked for a lot of people to kind of approach that season that way. And I feel like the people that were trying to really get clear on things were having a really hard time. Like, it's like if you were trying to carve a linear path during that cycle, it was very like, this is not the time to be doing that. And so, yeah, I mean, it's hard with Pisces too. It's not super linear still, but I think that we've through that cycle of reflection, like you said, you know, the we I like that term weeding out that feels very much in line to me with how it felt we're weeding out um just the parts that were ready to kind of move on from or change. I, and that's been feedback I've gotten. I have I've had a lot of people in my life where I feel like that's pretty congruent for most of us. Um my life is so unknown right now that I I don't necessarily feel too super clear. But one thing that I do feel clear on that's happened is I've gotten a lot of validation, like that reflection back. um, I just have had a validating experience. Like I keep effing around and finding out just to get validated and things that I already was intuitively feeling or felt like I already knew. And that's helpful because then it's like, oh, maybe I don't have to feel like I'm like, I don't have to question this. I just can know it now, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. There was a lot of questioning. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of questioning. Um, And even just the trajectory that you kind of laid out right here uh, is sort of in line with what's coming. And I think that, that, that March week that we were talking about, that kind of really gets us to that. To that moment, um, so we'll put that in our pockets for later. Um, but this does seem to be because, once again, I'm just gonna hammer this point home mutable energy, transition energy. We're tra- transitioning here, um, and that's the thing about this year, too. Like, I'm just on a broad, you know, broad stroke is that we have all this Aries energy that's about to take place. But Aries isn't necessarily established either, you know. So we're still in this, like you're saying, like saying, you're like I don't have it all figured out, or like my life's still a mystery, you know. Like <laughs> there, there is this, like embrace the great mystery, go with what your intuition knows, and let that be let let that be the plan, let that be the headspace, um, and it, certain things will figure themselves out when they need to, right? You you know, you kind of like. It's like uh, playing those games where you have to search for the next clue and you, you don't get all the clues at one time. You can't solve the puzzle because they gave you all the clues. It's like, no, I got to figure out this clue. And then I'm running and d- going to this room and doing that. And I'm like, and then I find the other clue, right? You know, so there's sort of this <laughs> um, game being played uh, for lack of a better term uh, that the universe is playing with us right now. Um, but it's it's, it's experiential. Uh, And it 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 involves the intellect and your your acumen, your clever acumen, (laughs) basically, to sort of navigate your way through. Love it. So let's talk about the week of February twenty seventh. So we already said we kind of get a like an oomph with this uh, first quarter moon in uh, Gemini on that Mars degree. So now a couple things are happening. This is where we're going to start to get um, more of that Aries action into play because we're going to have Venus, who we we got to talk about Venus and Aries here. She's going to make a conjunction with Jupiter um, on March 1st. And then she's going to make a conjunction with Chiron on the 3rd, which is really a preceding transit for jupiter meeting Chiron. I mean they're they're right next door to each other. They're only a degree apart at this at this time. Um but I feel like her story she's bridging the gap. So this would be interesting for relationships and balance just in general and independent creativity and uh things along those lines. Um but we also have mercury at the same time making that conjunction to Saturn who's at 29 degrees of Aquarius right Saturn is at its last its last breaths of Aquarius <laughs> and uh Mercury is going to conjunct Saturn um on the 2nd and then move into Pisces the same day cuz Saturn's that close to, to leaving um Aquarius so and then we also have the sun, who is going to make a sextile to Uranus right before the, the full moon that is coming, and that's going to be later on the week. So we have basically these these themes happening. Is we got a Gemini first quarter, so kind of kicking us off. We got a lot of Venus, Jupiter, Chiron action in Aries. We got Mercury transferring the last Saturn and Aquarius message, and then we get that sort of aha, you know moment with the sun sextiling Uranus. So let's talk about Venus here. Um I mean just Venus and Aries in general. What what comes up for for you with her in that placement?
2: Yeah. Um <laughs> I always feel like kind of a jerk. I love Venus and Aries, so I'm not trying to be a jerk, but you know, Venus is in detriment in Aries. It's not where she's supposed to be necessarily expressing herself but i do think that the parts where we i think there's a lot of glamorizing of acts of service or sometimes prioritizing other people in certain aspects of venus energy like we have harmony and i don't necessarily see like self-sacrifice but i think that some people view codependent energy in a very negative way right and i think that there's a lot of people with venus and aries that sometimes feel threatened by venus and libra energy and then there's people that need more venus and aries in their life because they're more on the libra dominant side so my point in bringing all that up is depending on where you're at Like if you're a very self-oriented person, Venus and Aries could be pulling you more that way in a way that could be harmful to relationships because you might feel this need to really center in on yourself. But if you're already wired that way and working on conjunction and integration of the other, sometimes that can be even harder during a Venus and Aries cycle because the energy is pulling you more towards autonomy and independence, which is fine but we have to kind of remember if we're in a relationship or relationships with others to be mindful of those actions or how those things are expressed. Whereas people that need more autonomy or need more self-focus, Venus and Aries is such a positive time, you know, because if you're already struggling with choosing yourself or you're already struggling with acts of self-love, Venus and Aries, especially with Jupiter and Chiron in the mix, is such a great time for healing any kind of wounds that you have around your identity autonomy or independence or self-assertion. And so again, it, it depends on who you are and how you're wired, right? Because if you're somebody that's overly assertive, overly aggressive and overly autonomous, this is <laughs> a, a be careful time because <laughs> it's like, Chris, you know, like you have to be careful. You, the self-inflation or the self-preservation that can happen when we're getting motivated in a self-oriented way it can get too big for our britches with a Jupiter emphasis. But again, if we're the opposite and we really need to work on integrating this energy more, it's so supported for you to work on that. And I think that, that we need to work on self love identity. I call it, um, I'm pretty sure this isn't my term and I heard it somewhere, but um, identity medicine, you know, this is great a great time for identity medicine or acts of self-love or even learning how to have autonomy within relationship in a supportive way or working on your self-confidence in your relationships with others and the relationship that you have to yourself. So I personally love Venus and Jupiter and Aries. Like I have a Venus and Libra. So it is kind of an energy that's good for me to integrate more, especially as a Leo, um, cause Leo's, tend to seek validation from outside rather than within and Venus and Aries can be a good time to work on validation from within. Um, But you know, I, you know, it's like, you'll see those memes kind of everybody's like, I buy myself flowers. We've got the Miley Cyrus flower song and that energy, like I'm totally pro it. But if you're trying to have healthy, successful relationships, you can't live in that space forever. Like you do have to learn the value of giving and receiving in a balanced way. So that's my two cents. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, I, you know, I think that's, that's spot on in a lot of ways, especially the, the self-love component, you know, cause I think that's a big, it's a big part of the Venus and Aries story is, is self-love. Um, and the challenge around that sometimes, right. You know, that's, it's, that's not difficult for, or it's difficult for a lot of people to connect with that. I mean, I have, I've definitely had my own struggles with it. Sometimes we're there, sometimes we're not, you know, but the, I feel like there is this big dose of like s- s- connecting with the, the, the relationship with the self when she meets Jupiter um, and then goes on with Chiron, right. You know, Jupiter gives us that, uh, that, I mean, granted it can go overboard. And so I totally know what you're saying. You're like the people that are just already wired to kind of be like, I am this, I am doing that. I mean, you know, you could, you could be hit that Jupiter conjunction On Wednesday and then by Friday, you know, on Chiron, you're the person you wanted to, uh, the person you had a date with or the person, you know, (laughs) are like, I'm burning you. I'll see you later, Uh, you know, uh, because Mars in Gemini is basically ruling this whole Aries configuration right now. So we got to think about that and Mars is a little little haywire as we, uh, just coming off of, uh, especially that first quarter moon, but anyways, there is, for those of us that really need a solid shot of that self-love and that self-assertion and that, um, getting in touch with your own, like creative fire too, you know, like that, that, that and I feel like Venus can tap into that as well. And the wounds that are around that, right? You know, what holds us back from there, from that um, is th- what's the level of uh, assertion? Um, how do we move forward and past this? How do we move past it? Um, and I think this is going to bring that up. It's going to bring it up individually within ourselves. It's going to bring it up in our relationships. Because anytime Venus is involved, you know, we're relating. I mean, we're relating to people all the time, but... Um, there's this big component here. And so there can definitely be all those things that are are triggered at this time. But I feel like a little bit of that Jupiter juice, that wisdom and that broader perspective is like as it comes to Chiron, like you go, it can blow up a wound, it can blow up, you know, what what triggers us there, but it can also give us the the perspective and the teaching and the wisdom and the understanding of why that's there. How do, how do I move on how do I grow from that? Um, and you know who what's our biggest uh, what's the word I'm looking for our, our biggest like t- our biggest teaching grounds relationships you know yeah. they really are. and so you can expect a relationship probably to teach you something about yourself. <laughs> Love it this week. So um, now of, it might be a little crunchier when uh, you know the moon is in Cancer here, especially in between there on Thursday, because that's when the moon is going to basically make a square to all these planets. So even though it happens on uh, the first and the third, Wednesday and Friday, Thursday is kind of our crunchy time. Um, and then that that Leo moon can help. Once Venus moves past all this and that Leo moon on uh, Saturday, the fourth, it's like, we're, we're flowing with it. So it's like, stay with it, see what you can learn from it. Come, I feel like the full self-love and like, you know, coming back to yourself and your own needs and um, harmonizing that out definitely is supported by that Leo moon there uh, that comes at the weekend. But let's talk about this, this Venus or sorry, this Mercury, because the whole time this is happening, Mercury is basically on Saturn which will dampen a little bit of the, <laughs> of yeah. this fire, right. You know? Um, so yeah, why that's happening. We basically have Mercury. What do you think about Mercury? I mean, Mercury being the last one to really connect with Saturn, at least that's not the moon, um, in, while well, it's an Aquarius, but then that moved to Pisces, um, well, well, we can save the move to Pisces because actually we're going to talk about that a little bit here uh, in, in this next week's segment. But what do you think about just that, that uh, Mercury-Saturn uh, interacting with yeah. at the same time as that?
2: I mean, I haven't really thought too much about it until today um, with just knowing that we were going to talk about it. But I guess... The way that I feel about Aquarius energy as somebody that only has my North node in Aquarius, and I guess someone that's a Leo that's opposite. um, I think that I personally think what I would advise people to do, including myself, is to look at what's changed with Saturn in Aquarius. So think back to when Saturn entered Aquarius and this entire transit that you've been under, you know, we've all been under, and think about where you were at in terms of your ideas about the world, about yourself, about what you were doing with your life, and then where they're at now. And even this would be a great journaling exercise, I think, to like really sit with the whole cycle because it's the end of. A cycle, you know, that we're not going to be in again for a really long time. And so because it's at those final degrees, I think it's a great time to reflect on that. And then I think too, thinking about the ideas, you know, in a fixed sign like Aquarius, realizing that what you may have been fixed about two and a half years ago, that you think you're fixed about now Like, think of how much has changed in that time period. And then as, you know, we are about to move into mutable Pisces, knowing that your ideas today, like we talked about being okay with changing your mind, like you might have a fixed perspective today, but again, like be okay with that changing. And so um, that's how it feels to me. Like I see Aquarius as a very activist advocate Advocate for what you believe in, and so when I see Mercury and Aquarius with other transits, just in general, I feel like we do get really passionate about our perspective on things. And a lot of you know, Saturn to me is a wisdom planet. It's not like it's based off of ignorance. I don't see Mercury and Saturn together. It's just like, oh, I have these beliefs that are just going to change at the drop of a hat because I'm ignorant and I don't know what I'm talking about. I think that it's more like you're open to that teacher, that learning constantly and seeing your own perspective changing over time. And, you know, Aquarius, as much as fixed as it is, also represents change and innovative thinking. And so, you know, if you were to ask me two and a half years ago, what my perspective was on working from home on the computer versus what it is today, totally changed. Like completely, I'm so much more open-minded to this whole platform than I was at the beginning of the cycle um that's just one example of my perspective changing but um I guess that's kind of where I'm at with it like I see this last little conjunction energy as the opportunity again to let go of our previous ideas and you know just kind of trust our wisdom trust what we've learned learn from it hold on to it honor it take it with us, you know, don't just let go to the point where you're, you know, thinking that you haven't learned anything valuable that's worth holding on to, but being open to the innovative qualities and, you know, fighting for what you believe in while knowing that what we consider to be right and wrong changes with every decade, like every version of society. So yeah, I'll be interested to see. I think the Aries influence during this last little bit, I could see a lot of people indignant on that last little bit of fixidity, like holding on almost, you know? And I guess I'm kind of here to like, I just want to push like the way that it feels in my body is like, don't hold on too tight. Cause you're about to get pushed. Pushed,
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I, I feel that it, it totally makes sense. And, you know, even think about the, the mixture of like this self energy versus this kind of communal energy. And then both the, the, the varying wisdoms of both Jupiter and Saturn getting activated at this particular time. Um, And especially if we have difficulties with relationships and we're navigating that and more serious minded, it's like, I I love that because it's true. You know, the the next hours later, Mercury moves into Pisces and that's a different, that's a different story, right? You know, (laughs) that, that story changes, that story, (laughs) that story changes. And so even getting in that rigid moment there, it's like, no, that yeah the the tides are turning like literally I mean but Saturn's only in Aquarius for and that's an interesting it's only in Aquarius for a few more days and that's the an interesting thing too is like Mercury being in Aquarius at this last moment during this kind of big lineup on the on the second of March it's it was the key that was making all the planets defer to Saturn. So once Mercury moves into Pisces, we have this this bouncing off of, uh, you know, Mercury, Jupiter to Mars, back to Mercury. And Saturn's out of the final dispositor game, basically. So all those months, or last couple months where we've had, it's just Saturn, 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 Saturn. Yeah the there a tide is turning right here and there's almost like this relief right and then the sun makes that sextile to uh uranus on um right when the moon squares uranus too on the weekend and it leads us basically to this full moon so let's look at our full moon that's on uh march 7th um which is going to be a tuesday and so we have this full moon uh in Virgo here and we have our Mercury obviously in Pisces which we just talked about here so that's ruling this this full moon. Um we have the luminaries are flowing with Uranus, right? So we have another Uranian uh we, we keep having these full moons that are aligned with Uranus. Um, and we also obviously have Saturn here at the last minute, like it literally moves into Pisces, like, I think like an hour later, less than an hour later after the full moon apexes, Saturn moves into Pisces. Um, and then of course we have this conjunction that we've been talking about of Jupiter, Chiron and Venus. Um, so I mean, Virgo full moon, what, what you thinking?
2: I mean, I will say the moon in Virgo is just personally and selfishly one of my favorite energies i get so much done usually um in the material and we were talking about spring cleaning kind of like preemptive spring cleaning i think this is such a great energy for that especially with uranus like this is that restless energy you were speaking to earlier that uranus can sometimes Ignite. And I think when we have the Pisces Virgo access, like Virgo so much wants to put things to order and wants to organize and kind of, you know, even daily routines, health routines. And, you know, Pisces is a little bit more of the chaotic side of it. But I think this is a really great time because we're, you know, it's like, okay, this is the last full moon of the astrological year. Like, let's make some space for the spring, you know, that feels very in line with me. Um, I don't know. That's my projection. I guess that's what I'm excited yeah. to.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I told you, it's a, it's a clearing out. It's a, it's a, but in a very practical way, it's like moving things out of your house. It is donating stuff to charity. It is, you know, um, d- deciding, you know what that, I am done with that habit. I'm done putting my energy into this particular thing because now I'm aligning with what I see over here. Right? It's, it's like life literally changes in a very tactile way when we have a full moon in Virgo. At least I find it to be, and it happens every year. This is like our—it's like our our prep, our prep for Aries season. Is like what pieces of your life, you know, tangible pieces of your life. Do you need to move around to make space for what's coming? Um, and so that really is what this feels like to me. And we had a whole nice lead up to get us on board with that, right? You know, with Mercury conjunct Saturn, and then the Venus Jupiter Chiron piece. And so here is the Uranian component coming in, being like, "Okay, now let's let's change it up. Let's uh, I'm awakened to this, and now I'm reorganizing this, and I am upgrading." my life to make this transition. And so it feels very freeing and clearing. um, And yeah, just navigated, Navigated also by something we want to distance ourselves from, right? You know, because it's ruled by that Mercury in Pisces, which is its detriment and its fall, right? So this this moon isn't upholding anything. It's, a, it's getting space from something. It's leaving something.
2: It's exiling itself from something. It's me getting space from all the things I need to donate in my garage. Set the date. Set the date. <laughs> this is your date. This is the date those bags of clothes to the thrift store. That's five minutes down the street. <laughs> yeah. Make that
1: space in your life. Get it out of there. Get it out of here. This is your time, right? Cause, cause change is coming. So I, I personally like this, this full moon and I think we can make some, uh, really good use of it to, uh, for, for prep and clear and rearranging. So let us carry on with the, the rest of this week here with the full moon. So obviously we have uh, Saturn moving into Pisces, which that's going to take some while to get situated. We're, we're probably going to have to wait um, till we get a, like a moon that squares it, which that will happen in with our uh, actually our Sagittarius moon coming up here. So we'll put that on ice, <laughs> pun intended, for uh, a <laughs> second longer here. Um, but we have some a, a lot of nice or a lot of flowing movement. We've got Venus who is going to uh, make a sextile to Mars, which is always good for relationships, sort of flowing and jiving and getting on the same space and creative energies and just feeling more in harmony with, you know, the anima and animus of your your inner world. <laughs> there so we have that happening um actually all on the same day march 11th so this is saturday we have venus sextiling mars we have uh mercury sextiling uranus and then we have jupiter conjunct chiron this is the actual conjunction here with a scorpio moon fun fun Hmm. um but They just feel like there's a flow going, you know, there's, there's, there's innovation, there's open-mindedness, there's collaboration. um, There's sort of this kind of moving past these like fully understanding this. Now, granted, let me just say that right no, that Thursday, Thursday, March 9th, it might be a little crunchy because that's when that Libra moon is going to um, oppose that Jupiter Chiron piece in Aries. So we will get sort of that light up of, you know, us, me, me versus you, or some of those things we worked through with Venus going over this position. But I feel like ultimately, even if something flares up, it's harmonized because we're willing to think differently, right. With, with the Mercury Uranus, and we're willing to find some sort of collaborative effort that is align with our own desires but honors other people's too to some degree if that makes sense
2: definitely we can only hope yeah <laughs>
1: Finger, fingers crossed fingers crossed but there is yeah there's just a there's just a nice flow um to this particular week and especially the 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 weekend of the 10th the 11th or at least I think so. We'll have to come back. But um, I want to move on basically to, oh, just everyone heads up, March 12th, daylight savings time. It still exists in many places in the
2: world. <laughs> so I keep, if you're like us in California, we're springing forward on Sunday, March 12th. I keep being told this is the last one. This is the last one. And then I feel like it keeps happening and I'm confused. Yeah, it's
1: happening. It's happening and we're, we're losing an hour. We don't fall back. We spring forward. We're going into the future. So ready for- you ready for it? <laughs> yeah. So, all right, well, let's get on to our Neptune week because it really is the last week here of Pisces season. And we've already done some talking about it, but we'll recap um, a little bit before we wrap up our, our forecast here. But we have this, this last quarter moon, um, in Sagittarius on Tuesday, March 14th. Now it's going to be a 24 degrees SAG. So just a little caveat that it'll be probably like actually about Monday. We might actually sleep through it that this that that moon in sagittarius is going to square saturn and pisces so we'll get our first like taste <laughs> of the the moon interacting with sagittarius from uh sorry uh saturn and pisces from that space so uh maybe just keep a keep a lookout on early 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 monday um how you're feeling you might get some insights with that saturn and pisces Um, but we do have on Tuesday, our last quarter moon in Sagittarius, which definitely feels very right. Like it feels very dreamy, feels very like bigger picture, expansive. Um, if you think about it, it's like the the last quarter in Sagittarius leads us into another, uh, an Aries new moon. We got double fire, you know, back to back. And so any thoughts on last quarter in Sag, uh, basically. Okay, so let's think about this. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Look at this T square with that Sagittarius ch- moon. That Mars. Sun. Yeah, Mars, Saturn.
2: Or yep. why do you keep bringing Sat- Saturn? Like, talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel a lot of Saturn wanting to be present. I spent so much time thinking about Saturn before this call that probably didn't help. It's on our minds, we can't get away from them. Um,
1: but this, is this, this is really about that sun, Neptune, Mercury, Mars, moon, piece. So last quarter on, on Tuesday evening, March 14th, at least here in, on the Pacific coast. Um, yeah, this is, this is activating. This is where, this is where this week gets very intriguing. Uh, and we're entering in, right. You know, think about last quarter space. This is, this is a lot what do we need to do to move on? Right. There's it's activating, but it's not activating something new. It's act it's activating what needs to wrap up, at least in my opinion. Um, and so,
2: yeah, so we're right. So what do we, what do we need to wrap up? What? Yeah. So I, am I, personally as a Sag ninth house dominant person feel like whenever Sagittarius comes and prompts anything, it's usually, again, it has a similar quality to Gemini where there's a curiosity, there's kind of this questioning feeling that happens, but it's more about values and belief systems, right? And so I think part of the storyline that we've had so far with Pisces, with some of like Pisces season, I should say, with the Venus jupiter chiron conjunction theme that kind of segues into the virgo full moon and all these other things we've talked about you have this opportunity to get really clear with yourself on what you need this year you know who are you what do you need what is your authentic self what is who who are you away from everybody else to yourself. What are your thoughts? What are your ideas? How are you kind of clearing space for yourself moving forward in this next astrological year? And I think that, you know, again, like last quarter moons, like you were saying, are wrapping something up and Sagittarius is always asking you, what are your belief systems and are you living in line with those belief systems? And again, we might've had some of those belief systems change or evolve. I'm going to share anecdotally what has been evolving or changing for me that I think is going to be my story this season, just as an example. But through the last three years of my career changes, my um, health issues, everything that I thought about myself confidently has been dismantled, like everything. And I've been kind of shoved into the opposite part of life that has made me really have to gain a lot of humility around ideas or structures that I didn't even necessarily know that I saw or felt that way about. So like becoming a housewife, like that was always, I rejected that. I rejected everything about it. And now I'm in it and I actually really like it. And I feel super messed up about liking it. And so I'm having to dismantle all this societal stuff around I shouldn't like being a housewife, especially if I don't have human children. I consider my dogs my children. But, you know, like to most people, that's a big eye roll. And so I've had to work through, well, what was my what were my like examples of this that made me see certain things about femininity or somebody staying home in a derogatory way because both my grandma and my mom were stay at home housewives and did it very well in a very in a way that i should be upholding so what happened where i'm not upholding that right so that was a big theme for mars retrograde that i'm dismantling now that i think for me around this is like entering a new phase of my belief systems. I have a totally different belief system than I did four years ago. Um, The same thing's happening with my health where I've been a very holistic, I can heal myself with food kind of person. And I'm pretty positive that no level of nutrition is going to be the, the antidote to what's going on with me. I started working with a nutritionist who's amazing. And nothing that she's telling me to do or sending me is new information to me, which shows me that I've had a pretty good education with nutrition. So that is also making me perceive my own belief systems around health and wellness differently, where it's like, okay, well, food might not be the answer always. You know, lifestyle might not always be the answer. There might be other things going on, which is obvious to a lot of people, I'm sure. But when you have fixed, rigid belief systems that have been ingrained to you by your family, society, um, and then you're challenged in life to have to look at the other side of the coin. That is what changes your perspective, your belief, belief system, your value system. And I think that Sagittarius and Gemini are really good at doing that for us when we're going through these cycles. And I think that if you've had that happened to you through this period you know like you're talking about your relationship with music and i've been there too with music <laughs> I'm like this is not serving me right now i need a break but you know just examples like that um I think that this is an opportunity again to let go and be okay with the rug getting pulled out from you on what those previous belief systems were and be open to exploring things that you were uncomfortable with or that you were indignant on not letting yourself believe for whatever reasons. You know, I don't know why I had such fear around being a stay at home housewife. To me, it seemed like a personal failure, you know, but why? That's the Gemini Sag thing. Why? Why is that? Like, what's the root of that? And I think this is an opportunity to determine that for yourself. If you have any of those things going on, that's my projection, but I feel like it's on point for Sagittarius and Gemini.
1: Yeah, I a hundred percent. I mean, I was just asking myself, uh, yesterday where I was like, coming back to music because that's the, that's, that's part of my dream that needs to be re-envisioned. And I realize that part of it is my belief around it. And I have pigeonholed music into the belief that it is this, or it's like, you know, it's like mass produced in the, in the pop aspect of it. And you have to look a certain way and like do that, you know, like all these, like, just put on, you know, beliefs around what music is to either my perception of it or the culture's perception of it. And then I came, it's funny because I came, have this throat issue. Right. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, let me check in with the, with the throat chakra, because I feel like something's talking to me here. And I was reading this book and going down because obviously sound is connected. The sound is connected with the throat chakra. And it mentioned this book, um, the healing energies of music, and I know on the, the the back burner of my mind that music is very healing. Music connects you to your emotions. Music connects you to you know the limbic brain and this part part of us that doesn't necessarily have words. And there's that space there. But I have, was so clouded by particular beliefs around what music is, based on my own experience, and then having maybe disappointments around that, and then seeing things and the outside world and like etc. And I realized in that moment, I'm like, if I'm ever to engage with this again, especially in the capacity that I feel like I want to, I have to change my belief of what music is and what it can give, you know, what its gifts are. And to to deepen it, actually, because I was looking at it from a very superficial lens of like, the fact is I see this, the fact is I see that, you know, but much deeper, you know, this is like, the language of our soul, you know, like there's, there's so much like depth that comes into music, but my own, you know, pigeonholed belief and viewpoint just based on personal experience. And then my experience clouding what I see outside of me. So, I mean, I totally feel you with what you're saying. It's the same thing. Um, it's not the same
2: thing, but it's the same thing, you know, <laughs> Yeah. uh, for sure. It's like what belief systems, not serving you if you want to continue to have a positive relationship with something. I relate a lot to the music one. That's something I've battled with a lot. And it's hard, like, it's that mundane part versus the deeper liminal space part where that's where, like, your soul is with it. And I think in fragmented Western culture, it's so hard to stay in a unified space with everything. And I hope that Saturn and Pisces helps us, you know, marry that more. Cause I think that is the gift of Saturn in Pisces. And I think that the mutable cross helps us see that a lot of times too, helps us get more in that truth part of it versus the stories, you know, I mean, Gemini and Sagittarius love stories too. So those stories also live there. You know, we can paint a story because there was a belief system that we had that did serve us for some time. And so we feel like this is my problem is my stories, I feel like are still serving me a lot of times when they're not. And that reality check is really hard for me sometimes to sit with where I'm like, that story is not serving you anymore. And it hasn't been for a long time. So why is it you know, I mean, obviously scientifically, but yeah, know, no, like, I get it. Kidding. I get it, hundred yeah. percent. I, I feel you, and I, I have
1: a feeling some whoever's listening out there might be, be like, oh yeah, I what you? I feel it too. Um, so this this will be a this could be a big turning point around that. Uh, you know, the week of basically March 14th when we have that Sagittarius last quarter and it can, you know, it can get a little crunchy at first, right? Cause we're going to, we're in a T square with Mercury, sun, Neptune, Mars, and the moon. Like that, that's a weird party. It's a weird yep. party. Um, and we might just be a little like, just to be a very, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is at this point, but we just might not have energy, that's the thing too. It's like, we might be a lot up here in the head and it's more because whenever Neptune comes into town, you know, we're going to be a little foggy. We're going to be, our energies are going to be a little diffused. And so we, it's not about pushing yourself, so to speak. It's about reflection and connection and, um, you know, taking time out for yourself to kind of go through these motions. Otherwise it's going to feel like you're pushing uphill. Um, or, you know, you make mistakes, um, you know, just because it's not necessarily what the energy is built for at this time. But the nice thing about this though, is like, we have that T square, uh, on Tuesday, but when the moon moves into Capricorn, we take pressure off the Mars, even though, I mean, the sun, sun Mars action is going on. We got the sun Mars square, um, happening but there is this support remember we were talking about leaning into the the earth moons the anchor the anchor yeah so it's like the, we kind of get our anchor more on on uh wednesday and thursday when the moon is in um capricorn which leads us to the the mercury sun kazimi that is so, okay, that's the thing. There's too much going on this week. There is too much. I am overwhelmed by
2: this week, and I'm not even living it yet. But these I are not the only it. what's that? Glazed over when I started reading about it. I was just like, yeah, uh-uh.
1: This this is the I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and cuss in this moment too. This is universe fuckery right here. And I mean, I mean that in the most loving way, because this is, this is a week that is like something changes, you know, um, because it's not only those things taking place. We have Venus doing her thing too, right? She leaves, uh, she gets to the end of Aries. Um, I'm like, I have so many notes that they're all blurring in front of me now. I'm like, what is she doing? So basically we have uh, Venus is going to square Pluto um, and then ingress into Taurus and sextile Saturn, uh, our first planet, actually. That's not the moon to connect with Saturn. And that's going to be on the 16th and 17th, which is Thursday and Friday. So this, I mean, and then all basically Mercury then sextiles Pluto and then ingresses into Aries on the 18th on Saturday, And then Venus meets the North Node um, as the Sun makes a sextile to Pluto right before the season ends. So it's talk about like a week that Pisces season like goes out with a diffused bang. I guess I think about Neptune action. There's just a lot of depth. There's a lot of soul. There's a lot of truth but also mystery and doubt and vision i mean there's like you couldn't put together more of a planetary soup and a square soup you know (laughs) to some extent so it's all leading us to something that is very much attuned with what the soul needs and what to move on with where to have like aha moments that are very personalized in nature to just the, the spiritual journey itself. And then how do we make changes around that? And how do our relationships change and our sense of inner balance after that, right? You know, I love that Venus meets the North Node kind of at the end of all this because she she's leading us somewhere that is very promising for our forward development. But, you know, if you can take time out the, this week, the, the week of, um, it's not the fourth, the week of the
2: 13th, because it's strange. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a good creative energy. I am thinking about hypothetically what I'm supposed to be doing in March. And it's making me excited because I'm playing my first show in three years in April. And so March is a month where I'm going to have to really intentionally start practicing for the first time since 2019 and I actually I'm sure you've noticed on my Instagram I've had long nails for like over yeah. a year and I actually just cut them down so that I could start playing music again and it was a little I mean I'm excited about it but I still was like oh my nails you know um but um yeah so I mean I'm kind of feeling supported in that sense um and hopefully other people do too having more like an extension of the creativity energy. But yeah, I mean, it's also very disassociated time. I feel like it would be really easy to kind of lean into things that, you know, like creature comforts, not necessarily promoting growth, things that promote pleasure. (laughs) But you could do both. You can have pleasurable growth. I've been learning how to lean into more pleasure. I really enjoy a lot of the content coming out about, healing should be pleasurable too. Like there can be such an emphasis on going into the shadow parts or the traumatic parts. And that's also like, in terms of studying my nervous system, like stuff, because I think that's predominantly what's going on with me is nervous system stuff. They say that one of the downfalls to a lot of the healing modalities where you're constantly talking about your childhood or trauma is that you're flaring your nervous system up all the time when you do that. And so... That's not necessarily good for people that have nervous system disorders. It's really good for people to focus on acts of pleasure, you know, as a healing modality and getting your body out of fight or flight mode. And Venus in Taurus is very pleasurable. And with the North Node, there could be like intentional pleasure seeking um, and not an escapist way. It doesn't necessarily have to have a negative connotation to it, although it can if you're not doing it in an intentional way during this time. So again, it's always that little balance dance that's hard to find. Like, am I procrastinating by doing this or am I healing by doing this? Nobody can really tell you except for
1: yourself. So yeah. No, I, I get that a hundred percent. I think that I think that is sage wisdom, Miss Sagittarius rising. Um <laughs> it's true i I get it like it's yeah sometimes healing and gentleness and time out and connecting with things that you just love to do and that puts you in the flow is more healing than like trying to work on something like you know like let's get to the bottom of this like no sometimes we don't need to get to the bottom you know all the time sometimes the bottom is is too much um (laughs) So, um, but yeah, that, that being said, I, I think this Pisces season goes out, uh, with a washing machine. It's a little bit, is we're a little bit in the spin cycle, you know, we're trying to dry out. We're trying to, we're trying to get clean, whatever that looks like in our life. I mean, I feel like some people could come to that moment with themselves too, whether when you're talking about abuse, you know, substances and turning a corner on those types of things too. yeah. So there is this, yeah, we're, we're in this bit of this washing machine and it's almost like, it's like the spin cycle. Like it's the final, like that's the final cycle because this Mars was, this. we're breaching at this point, we've reached the end of the Mars station degree. It's leaving the shadow, right? It's leaving the shadow of the square of Neptune. And so we just, you know, just one more cycle, one more rinse cycle. And then, uh, then we're on airy season. We go in the dryer. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to get in that dryer. I'm ready to be fluffed out. I'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for some fabric softener. <laughs> <And> ready fluffed <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Annalisa, I think we did well dip- d- despite our um, interesting ailments today. Uh, so we need one word. What do you think? If you had one word to describe Pisces season, what would it be?
2: Creatively. Creative, oh my God. I can't even speak. Creatively juicy. That's two words, but I'll
1: give it to you because it's a mutable if season.
2: We say juicy. I think it's oh, juicy. It's juicy. <laughs> juicy. Just saying that word. It has so many connotations. Juicy. Uh-huh. It feels that way to me right now. We'll see if I feel the same way after.
1: <laughs> it does feel juicy. It does feel juicy. Um I'm thinking what uh, mm, what's the word that comes to me? It is <laughs> that's a weird I got a more of an image <laughs> than a word. Oh, I got the word plop. And I just saw oh. something like plop plopping out. Plop. <laughs> I don't even know. Take it for what it is, but I imagine actually you know what I imagined in it was it's, it was a plop of a of, of like a water droplet like hitting the ground, but it kind okay. of morphed itself into like a bird when a bird like poops out of the cloaca. I honestly, yeah. this is where my mind is. <laughs> I like- So release. Maybe I was thinking release. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and like a cleanse, maybe. Maybe you're doing a cleanse.
1: <laughs> like letting it letting it out, plopping <laughs> it out the back end. Um, I mean, that's kind of Pisces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. Oh my gosh. All right. We've we've done it. We've done some things here today. So <laughs> where can people find you? What well,
2: tell them where uh Lady your lives? My name is Annalisa Six, so if you search that on YouTube, you'll find my horoscopes. You can find me on thesobercurator.com, which is where I do horoscopes, and I also include the horoscopes on Um, If you're in recovery, I highly recommend The Sober Curator. They do tons of great work for people in recovery and focus on living a life in recovery, not just getting sober. So the whole point of the platform is to kind of tell you what cities are great to be in if you're sober, traveling, how to travel sober, um, podcasts, books to listen to, resources. And there's just so many fun articles. There's people doing wellness stuff. There's um, this guy that has reviewed over 100 NA beers, and he just has, like, his articles are the most popular, which is very fascinating. There's so much fun stuff on there. So I've been grateful to be a part of it and definitely recommend it for Saturn and Pisces season. If you are thinking about becoming sober, it's a great resource. Um, and then, yeah, my Instagram account is Lady of Leo. It sounds the way that I'm saying it, Leo. Sure. So I don't know if. <laughs> that's hard for anybody to find, but, um, yeah, that's me. I'm so grateful that you had me back on here. It was really fun to do this with you again. Oh, you're welcome
1: back anytime. And so if you need to, to find Annalisa, I will have her information over at energeticprinciples.com, uh, where there'll be a blog post for this particular episode. Um, and I'll also leave a link to the Sober Curator Uh, Because I think that is a valuable resource that can definitely be swimming around, uh, pun intended, when we get into Pisces season and Saturn moving into Pisces could be just the resource some people need or can some people can recommend, you know, spread the good word. Um, you can also, uh, at my website, you can book a consultation. Uh, I do personal consultations and of course you can sign up for my newsletter, which comes out at the beginning of every month, uh, the heavenly wind. So all that can be done at energeticprinciples.com. Um, all right. So if you liked what you heard here today, you know, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast, or if you're on YouTube, share a comment, let us know where you're at with Pisces season or what you think that that wild Neptune week's going to bring. Um, and all the other things we are, are curious about because we, we, we will read and write back. So if you want to engage, uh, share, um, and sharing also share with friends, spread the good word because sharing is caring. So, all right. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. As always, Annalisa, I'll see you. I'll see you on the flip side because I always do. (laughs) Yes, I I always do. And so, all right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning into us talking about Pisces season 2023. Uh, We wish you all the best as you swim through this sea. Uh, And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm you.